Hey Driven Mofos, if you ever wanna have the video version of this podcast, which usually has more effects, visuals, graphs, and helps you to retain more of the information that I share, then check out my YouTube channel. I also share bonus in-depth training behind the scenes from some of our live events, plus interviews from some of the country's most successful people. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, then check it out via the link in the description of the podcast. Remember to subscribe to get the latest stuff. If you get caught and you see drama enough, or you see things that worry you enough, or you see things that are fear-driven enough, then you're not gonna think properly. This podcast, The Underestimated Entrepreneur, is for the driven mofos out there who are driven to achieve more in life and business. After studying 1,457 of the world's most successful people in different fields and spending over $1 million on coaches, consultants, and seminars, I wanna share with you the key learnings, lessons, tips, tools, and strategies that have not only made them super successful, but have also allowed me to go from the kid who was put into special classes, getting kicked out of school and wanting to end my life, to becoming the mental performance coach to some of the country's most successful people and helping me to grow multiple businesses. I want to help all of those out there who have been underestimated to prove their doubt is wrong and to help them to achieve more than they could possibly imagine. I hope you enjoy. This is a behind the scenes special series from a live training that I did with our Mojo Insiders group on enhancing self-discipline and staying empowered. These are eight powerful tips to create unconscious change. I hope you enjoy this three-part series. This is part three of this three-part series. Remember to share this episode if you enjoyed it. You can watch the whole Q&A live on our YouTube channel at MichaelMojo00 on YouTube. Tool number four is manage your decision fatigue or your will depletion. You can do this by automating things. You can do this by prioritizing decision-making and then try to put things in flow. Something that's helped me massively over the last six months to a year is if I book it in my calendar, it's in there. So almost every day I train and I normally train in between around 12.30 and about one o'clock, maybe 1.30. I train twice a week with a personal trainer, but the other days I train. And the reason why I train is because it's booked in every day at the same time, I just fucking do it. I don't even think about it, I just do it. Because if I've got to think about it, it creates more decision fatigue. And if I've got to sit here and go, should I get this work done or should I train? Should I get this work done or should I train? I really need to get this work done or should I train? At a certain time, I just stop and I leave and I walk outside. The same thing happens with my sleep these days. Normally, I would work to try to get as much shit done throughout the day. And some days I would wake up and I would feel on fire. So I would work from 5 a.m. until 9 or 10 o'clock at night. But what would happen is the next day I'd be absolutely cooked and by the third day I was knackered. And so my energy levels would be pretty shitty. My sleeping patterns were pretty shitty. What I noticed is that I just set a set time every night. So normally at around 8.30, I'm in bed and by nine o'clock I'm asleep and then I wake up at five. That's just how I do it every day so I don't have to think about it. So you want to try and automate your life as much as possible where you can get into a set routine so that you don't have to make as many decisions. You just do shit at that time. The more you can train yourself to do that, the less decision fatigue you're going to have. You'll see me do that at events where I say, Jess, you pick what I'm eating for lunch and just let me know what I'm having and go tell me where it is and let me go. You would have seen me at old events where I would get really frustrated with the team because I'm standing there teaching all day, making a lot of decisions about what's going on in the room, who's doing what, and I'm watching everything. And so I would get really decision fatigued. And then at lunchtime, I would go to the back of the room and I'd say, Jess, what, what am I eating for lunch? And she'd go, I don't know. Well, what, what do you feel like? And I'm like, fuck, I don't even know. Just tell me what I'm having. And then she'd spend like 10 minutes where you can have this or that or this and that. And then I'm starting to get frustrated. And by the end of the day, I'm so cooked and burnt out. I would be fucked. And so I had to put a rule in place for our events. Jess, you pick what I'm having for lunch. Just tell me what it is. Tell me what I'm having for dinner. 
and I'm good with that. Like that's, she knows what I eat, that's done because it reduces that level of fatigue. So you need to manage, tool number four is manage your decision fatigue or your will depletion. Tool number five is planning reduces decision fatigue. So you wanna plan your week in advance. Go to your calendar on a Sunday night or go, go to your calendar the night before and plan tomorrow so that you can just stick to a routine and you can stick to timeframes and just get shit done. The more you've got to think about stuff throughout the day, the more you're going to fatigue, okay? And that's going to massively impact your self-discipline. So planning equals reduction in decision fatigue. That's tool number five. Tool number six, this was really interesting. When I was going through a heap of the research, there was a lot of talk about nutrition. And evidence suggests that when blood sugar levels are low, your brain function is reduced and your ability to self-manage or to be self-disciplined is reduced along with your willpower. So when you're hungry, your willpower is going to drop. When you've got peaking and troughing blood glucose levels because of your food and the food type that you're eating, then decision fatigue is going to be higher. And it's going to be harder to be disciplined and have that willpower. So make sure that you're eating good quality food. I tend to eat more of a high fat, high protein diet because I find if I eat too many carbohydrates, my blood sugar level drops more frequently than if I just eat more balanced throughout the day and more high fat foods. So what they found, so studies show that dieters who ate more frequently while reducing their calories seem to stick to their calorie controlled diet versus those who eat all their calories in one to two meals. So if you want to become more disciplined and you want to have greater willpower, but you find that throughout the day you're sort of feeling tired or you're feeling flat or you're finding it hard to make decisions, then try and eat more often throughout the day. Take your however many calories and divide it by however many meals you want. There's a great app that I use, so I track all my calories these days because I got in the habit of just eating a lot of shit. You probably noticed I've gotten quite big over the last year or so, both muscular because I'm still training quite a lot, but also a bit through my midsection. So these days I just track my calories. I make sure that I'm eating enough. But let's just say you're on 2,500 calories. What you can do is just divide that up over how many meals you want. So if it's three, you just divide 2,500 by three meals, or you might want to have five meals. And so just divide those calories up and eat more balanced. One of the apps that I use is MyFitnessPal. I think that it's probably one of the best calorie tracking apps because it's so simple. You can use your camera and it takes shots of the barcodes. So you just hold up a tin of whatever you're going to eat. Like if it's a tin of tuna, you just hold it up and it will automatically scan it and tell you what how many calories are in there. Jess and myself eat pretty simple these days. Like I'll just eat meat and veg or you know meat and salad. Or tonight I had burritos, so it was just essentially mincemeat, a whole bunch of salad, which is stuff all calories, and then the wrap. And by doing that and tracking your calories, you can maintain more of a steady blood glucose level throughout the day. You can make sure that you're not overeating or eating too much or not eating enough. And then you're just staying on track. That way you don't have to think about it versus having one big meal and then feeling like shit and going six or seven hours without eating and then eating late. That'll create crazy blood glucose levels. So tool number six is get your nutrition right. Like I said, I highly recommend that if you haven't ever tracked your calories, I would highly recommend that you do it. I hated doing it. It took me about six months to get in the habit of doing it. But now I just do it every meal. It's easy. It automatically logs the meals that you consistently have. So like I know every morning for breakfast, I pretty much eat the same breakfast or maybe two to three different versions of that. And so it's already in my app. Once I start writing it, it comes up and I just click it and, and it's already in there. So I use my fitness power. There are some other good ones out there, but that would definitely help with you staying more balanced or having more balanced blood glucose levels, better willpower and controlling your blood glucose levels. Also planning means that, that will help in the reduction of decision fatigue. So if you're planning your meals the night before, 
if you're planning what you're going to eat tomorrow, it's going to make it a lot easier than if you just wake up in the morning, you feel hungry, then you eat whatever you want, then you just go through three quarters of the day, haven't eaten, haven't thought about food, and then you get to the mid-afternoon, you're thinking, shit, I need to eat, I'm going to hold off for dinner, then you go out to dinner and have a massive dinner, then chocolate and all that sort of stuff. Probably not the best way to create self-discipline and willpower. And by the way, this doesn't just affect your physical body, this affects your ability to make other decisions too. So that's why getting your nutrition right is essential if you want to have willpower and better self-discipline in all areas. Real quick driven mofos, you know I don't run any advertising or sell anyone else's shit on this podcast. So the only thing that I'll ever ask from you is that you help me get this podcast out to more people and spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast. I promise it will only take 10 seconds, so please rate and review if you haven't already done so. And thank you in advance. So tool number seven is that mood plays an important role in self-discipline and willpower. Something that Jess and I have really been focused on a lot, which has made a massive difference, is we've just made a rule that the way we think is empowering and the way we talk is empowering. We will pick each other up on disempowering self-talk or disempowering talk about anything that's going on. So there's no complaining, no blaming, no justifying. Just fucking pull your head in. That's part of what we've been going through for the last six to 12 months is picking each other up on this shit. Because I noticed that it's quite easy when things aren't going well to start talking negatively. I was brought up in a household where, you know, my mum would fly off the handle at pretty much anything. And it was just a habit that I had where I'd be frustrated a lot. You know, I'd get pissed off at things quite easy. I'd be highly critical and judgmental. And so I've had to work really, really hard over the years to try to break away some of those patterns. Jess is the opposite. She just sort of shuts down and just goes quiet, but she can be quite negative as well. And so what we noticed is that we would find problems and then talk about them and connect over them. These days, we don't do that, okay? Because it does impact your ability to be more self-disciplined and have greater willpower. And so we both know that we've got big goals, big dreams, and we know what we want to do and we know why it's important. And for me, she knows how important this community is. She knows how important my mission is. And sitting around, complaining about things, thinking about negative shit, watching the news, getting caught up in any drama on social media, any of that crap will not help us. So please remember that mood plays an important role in self-discipline. That if you're talking negatively, you feel like shit, you're beating yourself up, you're negatively self-talking, you're talking bad about other people, you're judging, you're criticizing other people, you're thinking about worst case scenarios, you're more fear-driven, you're worry-orientated then don't be surprised if your willpower and self-discipline is dog shit. Make sure you change the way that you use your emotions, okay? They're there as feedback. It doesn't mean you can't feel bad. It just means that when you feel bad, look at the empowering reasons as to what it's trying to teach you and how you can learn from it and how you can move on so that you don't hold on to it. Go and grab a process of potential and balance that shit out. Go and write down 50 benefits or 100 benefits of having that fear. So anytime we have fear, worry, concern, stress, you're essentially putting yourself into a flight, fight, or freeze response. It's a survival response. Here's something that you might want to write down that's really important. When you have a fear response, and a fear response we're talking about stress, worry, anxiety, being afraid, worrying about things, any of those type of scenarios, mentally or emotionally, you're putting your body into a survival response. Survival equals life-threatening. So when you're worried about money in your bank account, that's a life-threatening response. Your whole body has to change the way that it operates. Now, when you say to someone in Australia, is worrying about your phone bill 
or worrying about something that's going on at work. So let's say you've got a work colleague, work colleague's a bit of a dick. You get stressed out, you start worrying about it. Your fear response comes up, okay? You might have a bit of anxiety. You might be sweating a little bit more. You might uh, be a bit more frustrated. You're changing your digestive responses. So now you might start having some gut problems, okay? You might be more constipated. You might have more diarrhea. So your bowel patterns might change. You might notice that you start getting bloating more. Okay, you're changing the blood flow to your brain. You're going from the prefrontal cortex, which is the most evolved part of the brain, and now you're dropping down into the amygdala. The amygdala is more of the survival response area. It's where the fear response lives. And so now you're becoming more afraid. That changes your decision-making ability. You are definitely going to screw your life up by being more fear-driven. There are times for fear. Fear is there as an important factor in life. Like I hate when personal development speakers say, get rid of fear. You never get rid of fear. It's there but it's there as a warning sign. It's like saying I hate the red light that comes on on my dash to tell me that I'm running out of fuel. Okay, you don't hate that fucking light. Go fill up the car, right? That's why it's there. It's telling you it's running out of fuel. Okay, it's not a bad thing. The fear isn't a bad thing. It's just a warning light. It's saying there's something going on here that needs to be dealt with. When you don't deal with it and you don't have a strategy to deal with it, then over time, it will change the way you operate as a person. It'll change your decision-making strategies, It'll change your willpower. It'll change your self-discipline. It'll change your habits. It'll change the way you interact. It'll change the way you self-talk. It changes your digestion. It changes the psychosomatic responses in your body. So you might start getting pain. There is so much data and research out there that shows that pain is heightened under stress and under fear and under worry. So it's not the best. Also, there is a correlation between high stress levels and disease profiles. So you're essentially fucking yourself up. You're setting your life up to have a massive problem. Now, if the fear is warranted, fair enough. But if you're driving home from work, car cuts you off, you've been watching the news all week, you're all stressed out, you're all frustrated, you're all caught up in conspiracy theories. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because you know there are a fair few conspiracies that are probably fucking true and have logic behind it. But my point is, if you're putting yourself in a scenario where you're watching all this stuff, you think that the government's controlling you, you're all stressed out, you watch the news, you drive home from work, someone cuts you off, now you're all pissed off and frustrated and you're angry. You're setting yourself up to have a shit life. Here's the thing, turn off the news, don't get stressed out when someone cuts you off, they're, who knows, they're not thinking, they're probably a shit driver. Most people on the road who drive probably aren't the best drivers, we're not taught how to be a fucking race car driver, we're taught how to drive just safely enough to get us to work and get us home. These are the things that happen. When you think like that and you talk yourself through it, you realize that it's not worth worrying about because if not, what you're doing is you're dropping yourself into a mood that is lowering your self-discipline, lowering your willpower, putting you into a flight, fight, and freeze response, which essentially is a survival response. Okay, you're trying to survive, which then really means that your life is threatened. You're in a life-threatening situation that's not that big a fucking deal, but you're doing this to yourself by putting yourself in consistent environments of fear, worry, concern, all of that sort of shit. So don't do it because tool number seven is that mood plays an important role in your self-discipline and willpower. If you want to have a great life, just try and figure out the things that trigger you and piss you off and upset you and don't put yourself in those environments. I notice if I'm on social media for too long, like TikTok, I start getting pissed off at things and I start getting frustrated. So I limit my time. There is an app that I use that I notice if I start using social media too much, one of the guys that I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with, he's a software engineer who studied quantum physics, psychology, all that sort of stuff. So he builds AI technologies. So he works with artificial intelligence. 
Now, he is finishing his PhD and he works for the Defense Department. When I talk to him, he's really interesting because even one of the things that he won't do is he doesn't use social media. He had Instagram and he comes on and off of it. He might use it for a couple of weeks and then he's off, he just deletes it and then you don't see him again for a couple of months. The reason why, he said that they know how to control your brain so well that it is almost impossible to fight against what happens in your brain when you're using social media, especially for extended periods of time. They know how to control your brain, okay? Because humans are pretty fucking predictable. What he was saying was like, if you get caught and you see drama enough, or you see things that worry you enough, or you see things that are fear-driven enough, then you're not gonna think properly. Now, he didn't say this from a military point of view. So I'm not saying that the military are using this stuff against you. What I'm saying is that as someone who develops artificial intelligence for the military, he doesn't even like to use that stuff because he knows how easy it is for your brain to be controlled and consumed by it where you need to have it, okay? As though it becomes an addiction. It's like crack for your brain, right? And that's why he chooses not to use it because it's so easy for it to consume your brain. He's like, there's nothing you can fucking do about it because once it has you, you're now fighting a drug. But anyway, this one here is called AppBlock. It's a great little app. You can just set it to your phone and anytime that you can set the times that it just locks your apps. You can get in there and you can turn it off, but it's a bit of a dick around. It makes it a bit harder to use those apps. You can use that or you, there's a timer on there. So you can just set it for two hours and you know that if you're starting to waste time, you just hit the two hour button or whatever you set it to and it will automatically block those apps. Give that a shot. Tool number eight is train your brain to become more self-disciplined. So each time you catch yourself being disciplined, add it to a list or use the fishbowl method. So the fishbowl method is you buy a glass bowl and you put it somewhere in your house. Every time you catch yourself being more disciplined, like let's say you go to eat the chocolate or you go to miss a gym session and you say, you know what, I'm getting in the car and I'm driving to the gym. When you get home from your gym session, write on a little piece of paper next to the fishbowl, went to the gym even though I didn't want to. Screw it up and then throw it in the fishbowl. After a week, grab all those bits of paper out and write them down in your journal. Because what you're reminding yourself of is how disciplined you are versus the other way around of training yourself to think about how undisciplined you are by reminding yourself what a piece of shit loser you are. Because when you're undisciplined, you've eaten that chocolate bar and you sit there and you go, oh, I always do this. I always fuck up. This is, you know, I always do this. And you get caught in your head. You're reminding yourself what a loser you are and how undisciplined you are and all that sort of negative self-talk shit. Don't do that. Bad, bad strategy. If you talk to yourself like that for long enough, that will become your life. Okay, the energy you put out is the energy you get back. You do not want to be putting out that shitty fucking energy of disempowering negative self-talk that makes you feel like shit. Do not do that. It will not help you win in life. So I like using the fishbowl method or I do it in my journal. So every night before I go to bed, I write down my wins for the day and I write down anything that I picked up where I was disciplined because I want to remind myself that I'm a winner because winners keep winning and losers always lose. So if you've got a losing mindset, you'll lose. If you've got a winner's mindset, you have a high chance of winning. So you want to keep on that winner's mindset. So I write down my wins every day. And then I also write down any times where I thought, you know, what, I'm not going to do that. And I did it anyway. That means that I'm disciplined. I'm reminding myself that I'm very disciplined and also that I keep winning. Okay. It just helps me to set my day up to win. Now, do I always win? No. Am I undisciplined? Yes. I have some times where I'm undisciplined. I have some times where, you know, my alarm went off this morning at five o'clock. Jess and I worked too late last night. And so I just hit the alarm and I went back to sleep until seven o'clock this morning. Probably a little bit undisciplined, but not that big a deal. Okay, I just get on with it. But there are other things that I do throughout the day that make me know that I'm very disciplined, 
today I'm 100% in my calories, I'm on track, so I'll write that down as an area where I'm disciplined. So you want to remind yourself of this because winners keep winning and losers always lose. Set yourself up to be a winner. Just like if you want to be disciplined, remind yourself of how disciplined you are versus reminding yourself of how undisciplined you are. Okay, bad strategy. Let me know if that one helps. That's one that most people I think get stuck with. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to tune in tomorrow for the next part of this three-part series plus our bonus Q&A. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate this podcast by clicking the stars at the top of the podcast home screen and follow to get notified of new episodes.